Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings Podcast 133. I am still pretty sick. I am certainly recovering, but my voice will probably not sound normal this time. Hopefully, a week from now, when I record again, it will sound normal, finally. I guess we'll see. This time, I talk about Batman Arkham Origins, the third in the Arkham series. Sadly, because of my cold, I didn't get to play nearly as much as I wanted. Basically, late morning slash early afternoon of the day it came out, I started to feel really bad. And part of that was sort of a sensitivity to motion sickness. Normally, I have motion sickness in general. But usually, you know, I'm fine to play games. But when I get sick, and I get, like, extra sensitive to it, I can't play first or third person games. Especially something like Batman where you're turning around a lot to fight in groups or you're moving around in the city and you're using your grapple and you're like, and you go like really fast. You know, things like that are absolutely not okay when I'm feeling more motion sick due to illness. So I only played a little bit. But Path of Exile came out on Steam for free. So I've been playing quite a bit of that. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. I'm Batman. My parents are dead. Well, Batman Arkham Origins is the third in the Batman Arkham series. In terms of timeline, it actually takes place before the first two games. For some reason, and I don't know why, the game developer is a new studio. Well, I don't know if they're new in the sense that they were recently formed, but they are new in that this is the first of the series they have done. The previous two games were done by a different studio. However, I would say that they have made an almost perfect copy of the previous two games' style. The combat, the way everything flows, the pacing, the camera angles, even the control buttons are all exactly the same. So if you've played either of the previous two games, this will feel like a perfect transition into a next game, and almost more like an expansion of the second game than an actual third game. In the sense that, you know, it transitions so smoothly from the previous game. Also, equipment from what I've seen, I've only played about four hours so far, seems like the same kind of equipment you had in the previous games. Some of the stuff might be a little bit different due to the timeline. Like the first equipment I got was a sort of grappling hook thing that made, you know, tightrope so that you can grapple to that or cross large areas. And that was not created by Batman, that was created by somebody else, and he's using it. But, you know, that tech did make an appearance in the previous game. So as far as I know, you know, everything in terms of equipment will be the same. Though the reason for having them, or, you know, who designed them, might be slightly different. It has a same open-world, sort of exploration, freedom aspect to it as Batman Arkham City. There are also still Riddler challenges. 
But I think they kind of allude to a point that Batman sort of named the Riddler Enigma. He didn't seem like, you know, he had that name before Batman suggested it. But the challenges are still there. There's still the random police call on the band that you can, you know, trace it down and stop a crime in progress and get bonus experience. Speaking of experience, there is one change from the previous games. The previous games just kind of had all of their unlockables to unlock and you could pick whatever you wanted at any time pretty much. And there was, you know, like armor, one, two, three, four, etc. kind of things. Well, you know, logically you had to unlock the previous one. But this time they seem to be in sort of three sort of very linear talent trees. So like there's one for melee combat, there's one for, I think they're calling it stealth hunter. That's like all the takedowns and the extra equipment stun bonus type stuff. But it seems a bit more logical and like you won't be able to go, I'm going to take this one power, skip the next two, and take the one after that with my next talent point. Seems like if you want to unlock the things, you'll have to do them in a sort of sequence. Which I guess is better for character building, but kind of limiting if people don't want those, you know, extra talents that are required to get the deeper ones. Like I said, I've only played four hours, so I didn't get a lot of time to sort of look around and see exactly how it works. I'll probably talk about it more later. Sadly, basic combat does seem to have the same sort of limitations as the previous game. In large groups, they can sort of sneak up on you from off camera, you know, just sort of charge at you and you're like, whoa, where did that guy come from? The camera doesn't really seem to follow the action. You have to kind of turn it around manually. And it doesn't seem to really zoom in or out depending, you know, how far the bad guys are from you or how large of a group and how surrounded you are. So if you found melee combat frustrating, it isn't a whole lot better this time around. It's pretty much the exact same. But that being said, you know, the combat was pretty tight. They had improved it quite a bit from the first game. So it's not, you know, terribly game-breaking in most cases. Most cases it's pretty tolerable. However, the boss fights are much more interesting. Although I've only fought two boss fights, it's now sort of a one-on-one style. And it's got a few more counters slash special takedown points where you'll fight normally for a little bit. And then you have to push the special button to do a special thing. And it makes it a lot less frustrating in terms of, you know, the previous games were sort of button mashy. And it allows them to do a lot more cinematic things with it. And it makes the combat feel a lot more dramatic. And a lot more like something you'd actually see in a Batman movie or even a TV show. Where he's fighting, you know, a special boss. It's not just the same kind of, you know, button mash this, button mash that as the regular combat. You know, I have to pay a little bit more attention. There's special animations. The camera will zoom in or zoom out depending on what the action is for that time. So it makes it a lot cooler and a lot more interesting to do. The sound overall is great. The graphics are great. And if you have an NVIDIA graphics card or chip, if you have a laptop like me, you can turn on physics for extra physics-y goodness. On YouTube, I think it was NVIDIA posted a comparison to the physics on slash physics off. Basically, they have cool things like fog effects will swirl around you instead of just sitting still and not doing anything. There are some scenes where papers will be loose on the floor and they'll flutter up and flutter around and spread out depending on how the fight's going. And there are some more 
subtle effects. Like one scene showed Batman in sort of a frosty area. And with physics on, it showed his breath and the breath, you know, pushed around the air. And with physics off, you couldn't see any of the sort of fogginess around him at all. And his breath really didn't do anything. It just made a little poof and, you know, just went straight out. So if you have an NVIDIA card and turn on the physics, you'll be getting the full experience, as it were. Also specific to NVIDIA, and I'm presuming this since they had it in Batman Arkham City, is that if you had NVIDIA 3D Vision, you could probably run that as well. I did get a chance to see Batman Arkham City in 3D during, I think it was the NVIDIA GTX 680 launch party they had, and it looks pretty sweet. It wasn't sweet enough for me to want to run out and spend, you know, several hundred on a new monitor and several hundred on the NVIDIA, you know, required tech to go with it. Plus, you know, the homeless, so I couldn't have done it anyways. But it certainly did look a lot cooler in 3D than regular. But then, you know, I like 3D, so. My only gripe with Batman Arkham Origins is that Batman slash Bruce Wayne is extremely butch. He's like really pumped up. Which doesn't make any sense, because in the previous game, he wasn't this pumped up. So they've made him even tougher, more pumped up, bigger. And, you know, you add on this suit, which is sort of a a thicker armor-type suit than he previously wore, and he looks even bigger and more buff. I think of all of the Batman stuff I've seen, this is the most pumped-up I've seen him. Now, granted, you know, he does do a lot of physical stuff. He is beating guys up. He's swinging around on his grapple, he's leaping over guys and, you know, jumping off buildings and stuff. So he is, you know, fairly physically active. But I know, it seems a bit extreme and over the top, and it looks a little awkward and sort of unnecessary for Batman. For the Arkham series enthusiasts, there are a few things here and there, I guess Easter egg-ish, that you can find, you know, that make reference to previous games. I think I've found about three of them so far. They are fairly obvious if you've played the previous games. They're not really hidden at all. You know, it'd be like a character name or sort of in conversation in the background. But for those like me who have played the previous two games, they are kind of cool to see or hear. And if you've played either of the previous Batman Arkham games, I would highly recommend picking up Batman Arkham Origins. Path of Exile is now out. I guess it's been in development for seven years, and I guess it's had open beta for a while now. It is a free-to-play game, and so far I haven't spent any money on it at all. I think I've played about 17 or 18 hours. It is by Grinding Gear Games, and this is apparently the first game they've made. It is what I would call a Diablo-like game, Though I suppose it is very important to note that I would say it is closer to Diablo 2 than it is to Diablo 3. The pacing is very fast. There's a lot of things from Diablo 2 that were taken out in Diablo 3 that the Path of Exile has. 
However, one thing it does share with Diablo 3 is that it is a persistent online game. You must have a connection to the internet at all times. There is no offline play mode available. And you'll be forced into several chat channels when you log in. Though I believe those can either be disabled or, you know, permanently turned off. So I suppose that's not completely intolerable. You would still see people walking around, you know, in the city hubs with you. Though once you leave the main city hub, you know, you're in your own instance. I suppose it's okay, because a lot of the stuff would be, you know, helpful to trade, since it is, you know, random drop. But I don't know, sometimes I would rather it just be, you know, a solo game without me needing to turn off the chat channels if I didn't want to see them. But I don't know, I feel like I'm compelled to pay attention to what chat is going on if there is a chat channel and it's open by default. So I don't know, for me it's kind of a pain in the butt thing. The levels and items that drop are randomly generated, so it's always going to be different. The skill, ability, and class system is actually pretty insane. It's basically a single passive web with a supposed 1,350 basically nodes. There are seven classes. One is pretty much in the center of the web, and the other six are scattered sort of around the web. You can take any skill you want when you unlock a point to purchase a point in the skill tree. So really the only thing that classes do is sort of place you in the web. How you build your character will depend totally on you, you know, which way you want to build, which talents you want to take, which path you want to follow in the web of talents. So there's a lot of variety in terms of class build. Many of the nodes are kind of basic because you'll get your stats from them as well. So some will be like plus 10 dexterity, plus 10 strength, plus 10 intelligence. Maybe some will be like plus 5% melee damage with one-handed weapons. But there are sort of spins and turns and dead ends that go to really interesting stuff. Active skills, abilities, and spells are found in the form of gems, which you put into various equipment. So again, you know, like the passive skill tree, you could put whatever gem you want into whatever thing. And as long as your character has the stats to, you know, equip said item and equip said gem, you can do whatever it is that does. So based on all your passive abilities, based on your personal playstyle, based on the equipment you pick, and based on, you know, the gems that you put in your stuff, there is just an insane amount of specialization and how you want to build your character and it seems really really flexible and interesting one thing i found very odd since you can build your character however you want is that each of the classes have basically one character that sort of represents them and those are sex locked so like i'm playing what they're calling a shadow who is basically sort of a single or dual wielding blade thief type person who can use traps or they can use a bow or like I said you know you can build away from that and do whatever you want with it but he's sort of this male wouldn't really say he's a smarty pants but he's kind of like ah that'll teach ya they don't talk a whole lot they talk actually really rarely but it's kind of weird that you have all this flexibility in terms of skill choice 
how you want to build your character in terms of passive abilities. And yet, if you want to start at this point on the tree, you must take this character who is of this sex. It, it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Seems like it would make more sense. Pick your class, pick your sex, pick one of several types of characters, and then, you know, it, it just lets you go from there. It seems odd that it's like, if you like this person's look and their sex, then you have to play that class. It just seems really strange. Maybe that will get unlocked in the future. Maybe it will be something they do with microtransaction, which I would be okay with. Because so far, I haven't found anything in microtransaction I would actually buy. It's like you start the game with something like 23 characters. I'm never going to use that many. I'll use maybe three at most. And it's like you have all of this shared space for all your characters in your bank. I don't need more space. And then all the rest of the microtransaction stuff is all, you know, just totally cosmetic stuff. So it's like I haven't found anything to actually spend microtransaction money on yet. And, I suppose more importantly, I haven't been forced to by any limitations yet. So that seems really good. You know, I would like to support them though, but there's just nothing I have any interest in buying. You know, normally for something like this, I'd be like, meh, it's fun, but I'm not going to play it very much. But I don't know. I've already played, you know, like I said, 17 hours, which is quite a lot. You know, some games I've paid, you know, full price retail at launch and gotten much less time played out of it than that. So no, it would be cool to be able to support them with something, but I'm not going to spend money on something I have no interest in. So I'll wait, you know, until there is something I would be interested in. Being close to Diablo 2 in design, it does seem to have a lot of the same issues that Diablo 2 had. Like with some of the guys, you'll go to target them and the guy will, you know, charge at you. But you kind of wind up running around in circles around each other for a few seconds. So it's like targeting's a little bit weird sometimes. Guys will sometimes get indoors and then you can't hit them. And there's no transparency on the geography, I guess you could say. So if there's a wall in front of your character, you can't see him because he's behind the wall. Thankfully, you know, that's mostly avoidable. But it's like, really guys, you've been working on this for seven years and you didn't think of any of those things that are issues in a game that's like almost 15 years old? Come on. One interesting thing is that there is no gold in the game. The world is sort of run on this sort of barter system. So when you sell items back, quote unquote, you'll get these random bits of stuff. And some of the stuff you use, some of it you don't. It just kind of piles up and you don't really have a use for it. So I think that's a little bit weird because you have no control over what they're offering you. It's like, well, I guess I'll take that stuff because you don't give me any choice. But I guess it's okay, because that stuff is used for, you know, changing magic items or creating magic items. So I guess it sort of keeps it in its own sort of locked system of, you give them a bunch of magic items, and they give you stuff back to, you know, make your own items. I guess it's okay. I, I could see it working a little better if they worked on it some more. One of the biggest issues I have about that is that all of that stuff takes up inventory space. For some reason, it's just not tracked as, you know, money. It's like, I've got, you know, a, lo a lot of room in my stash, as it were, but there's like two almost full rows. I guess there may be ten across. You know, that's a lot of inventory space. You know, I have plenty more, sure, but I don't want to carry that junk around with me. 
So it's like every time I shop, I have to go, I have to sell them the stuff, I have to take the junk they give me, put it in my stash, and then go back out. This seems like a whole lot of extra work that doesn't need to be there. Even though I'm just starting Act 3 of what is supposedly three acts, I would say I feel pretty confident in giving it a final rating, as it were. I would say I would give it three and a half out of five stars, or 75%. I would think it might be four out of five stars, or maybe 80 to 85% if those issues weren't there. But since those are issues that have been in that kind of game for, you know, 15 plus years, it seems really strange that they didn't fix those. And then, you know, minor things like the character selection being forced to be, you know, a specific character with a specific sex seems really kind of counter to the idea of total freedom. I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, like I said, something they're going to add with microtransaction, but it just seemed really odd. But the game is free, so if you are into the Diablo-type games at all, it's worth checking out. News this time is pretty much the same as last time. The Ender's Game movie is now out, opening this weekend. I will probably go see it unless I forget and talk about it next time. Almost Human TV show starts next week, so hopefully I'll have that to talk about on the next podcast. BlizzCon is November 8th and 9th if you are going to that. If not, you can check it out and buy a virtual pass and watch it online. Thor The Dark World is out next weekend. On November 8th, Bioshock's Burial at Sea downloadable content is coming November 12th, and the XCOM Enemy Within downloadable content is due out on the 15th. And that's all the news this time. Far over the misty mountains cold to dungeons deep and caverns old we must away a break of day to find our long forgotten goal so I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings hopefully I don't sound so bad that my voice is all just like like it was last time. And ex Gildy said I sounded fine. I didn't sound like me, but I sounded fine, she said. So hopefully I sound okay. I still sound pretty bad to me. I feel a lot better than I did. So I'm still really, really tired a lot of the time. Have a lot of headaches and sort of, I guess, nasal area aches. I guess sinuses, sort of between my nose and my mouth, I guess. There's all this yuck in my lungs. I'll occasionally cough and yuck will come out. 
But hopefully, I'm getting better, and I'll be better soon, I hope. Hopefully, everybody out there had a good Halloween time, and you didn't have too much candy, and maybe you have some leftover to snack on. That's always fun. I guess, hopefully, I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. So if you have an NVIDIA card and turn on the physics, you'll be getting the full experience, as it were. And I never really understood why NVIDIA hasn't pushed that. They bought physics years and years and years and years ago, and they've kept it proprietary. I mean, on the one hand, yes, that's kind of cool that, you know, if you have an NVIDIA thing, you get this special thing that AMD can't do. But on the other hand, I could see them really kind of dominating gaming and making it you know, a really big deal if they sort of made it available to everybody at an affordable price. You know, if you drop it down to like an add-in card of maybe 40 bucks, maybe, you know, offer it to laptop manufacturers. So that way people with AMD graphics cards, you know, can still get physics. You know, I think a lot more games would adopt it and say, yeah, we want to have that in our game and we want to be cool just like those other guys. Because now, you know, everybody can have physics. You know, everybody might not have it, but they could have it because it's cheap enough. But I don't know, they haven't done it, and I really don't understand why from a marketing standpoint, because that just seems kind of dumb. I honestly think it was a really big mistake for NVIDIA not to be in either of the next generation consoles, because now, you know, physics already isn't really adopted. They could run it on the PlayStation 3, but now, you know, with neither next generation console taking it, you're looking at, you know, five plus years before they could even consider doing it again. And by then, you know, already PC people don't really care about it. You know, by then they'll care about it even less. So, you know, I really don't understand their thought process on that. Basic combat... They are fairly obvious if you played the previous... Like, like... To the Batmobile. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit dot com it's rabbit dot com but with not a period when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. 
Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.